Hi, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of the IAC podcast. My name is Ohad Meislish, and I'm, I'm going to be the host for today. Today, we're going to have two, not one, by, but two amazing guests, and we're going to talk about an open source that is very famous, very helpful in infrastructure as code. We're going to talk about Atlantis. So let's uh, talk to our guests today. We have... Pepe Amengual and Dylan Page. Hi, Pepe and Dylan. Hello. Hello. Thank you for coming today and talking about Atlantis. So for those in our audience that still don't know about Atlantis, maybe start with you, Pepe. Can you say a few words about Atlantis? Why should I care about Atlantis? What kind of problems does Atlantis help with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Atlantis is basically a GitOps automation tool to run Terraform. So th- there's always this question about moving security and infrastructure to the left, closer to the developers. And developers are always tied to like VCSs, like uh, um, GitHub, Bitbucket, and so on. So uh, when you create infrastructure as code in Terraform, in particular, um, you're going to create a repo. You are going to have uh, you're going to have a group and an org and so on. And so what at some point will become natural is that, well, we run, we have the code in Terraform here, but what about the output of Terraform? Do, do we have any insight of that? And that part of the GitOps workflow is what Atlantis helps you with. So the idea is that you use Atlantis connected to your VCS provider, and then that will basically uh, trigger a Terraform plan from your from the code. And now the developer, in this case, will have a... Um, an output of that plan within that PR that the developer created. So there is a direct feedback between the code that was created and the Terraform output and what is going to look like in the, in the Terraform state. Um, and that actually end up in, the, in your PR. So the whole history behind it is set on that PR. Um, and that allows you to then you know, do other things with many, many, many other features. But in, in an essence, it brings the code and the state within the repo at the eyes of the developers and, and where, where, whoever is the review. So basically your code becomes the source of truth of your infrastructure in the cloud. Yeah, that's, that's really important, you know, because just code without the context of the state of the cloud resources, it might look like a helpful change request, but it can be very, very dangerous and risky. So we need to have, <laughs> Correct. We need to have some help before applying the code before changing the cloud resources, we need to know better what we're gonna what we're gonna do. And Atlantis is a great, very famous open source, free. Uh, important to mention, it's free. Uh, that helps with with that. Uh, thank you, Pepe. And I, I now realize that I forgot to mention that both Pepe and Dylan are not just great users of Atlantis; they are the main maintainers of this very famous and important open source. Dylan. Can you share more about what does it mean to be a maintainer of a, of an open source? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, being a maintainer, a lot of times people think that, you know, the maintainer is somebody who reviews the PR, commits code, you know, you think, you know, of an open source project, it's about the code. But really, it's so much more than that. Uh, a lot of times you're, you're, you're helping to foster a community. Um, you know, you have a lot of like-minded people who are trying to achieve the same goals through code. Uh, and um, 
it's not just, you know, being a developer. A lot of times maintainers get lost in reviewing PRs and getting into the nitty gritty of, you know, reviewing code, but it, it, you know, there's so much more in terms of the, you know, what people bring in terms of, you know, what they contribute to, whether it's, you know, if someone doesn't have Go experience, like Pepe said, when he, when he started out, he didn't have Go experience. He learned Go to be able to contribute to the project. Um, you know, other people simply, you know, can help the project by organizing office hours, you know, you know, you know, doing much more higher level, you know, uh, uh, organization of the project. Um, and, and so I think, you know, being a maintainer is much more than that. you know, you're fostering a community and helping people come together to solve common problems. Yeah, that's awesome. And looking now at the, uh, GitHub page of Atlantis, it looks like Atlantis has more than 6,000 GitHub stars and more than 300 contributors. That's, uh, that's awesome. By the way, do you ever have some kind of physical gathering of the contributors or it's uh, strictly online? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have the office hours that actually Dylan started and mm -hmm. that's, that's brand new. So we are trying to bring those people there. Um, and, and we have the Slack channel, which is, I think is, is the main way we communicate so far. And obviously the issues within GitHub. Is there any other avenue we have uh, that you can think of? No, there's there hasn't been any physical, uh, you know, gathering, you know, nothing organized at a convention level or, you know, something, you know, like QCon or CNCF or anything like that. Um, but, you know, that's one of the things as a maintainer coming in, you know, the, you know, such a great project, you know, when you go through, you know, a changing of the guard and, you know, maintainers coming in and out, um, and, you know, projects evolve over time. One of the things I think Atlantis has been missing is, you know, just, a, you know, uh, you know, what I've talked about earlier, you know, so, someone to help organize the community along those along those grounds. And so that's why I started the office hours, you know, trying to get help the contributors, uh, you know, organize better across, you know, much more uh, avenues rather than just, you know, chat channels and GitHub issues and, you know, trying to develop more organic ways of communication um, to help them drive the project more. Because um, a lot of our features and code are contributor, uh, you know, provided. Uh, and so it's not, you know, the, the, the maintainers have, pro, uh, you know, contributed code, but, you know, a lot of that still comes from the contributors. So trying to help foster them and enable them uh, is, um, you know, what, what I think is the uh, next step for the project. And you, like you said, trying to figure out how can we improve these gatherings and, you know, po the possibility of having a physical gathering in the future. That's really impressive. Becoming more and more mature as a famous, exactly. as a famous project. Let's, let's zoom in on, on Atlantis. So let's say I'm a Terraform or Terragrant developer and I'm running things locally, Terraform Plan, Terraform Apply. Maybe I even have some cloud credentials running around my, uh, my laptop and my CISO uh, is not my best friend. Uh, and then it <laughs> sounds like uh, you, you're laughing because it's true. Because uh, it happened to me at some point. <laughs> it, it, it happened to all of us, I guess. Yes. 
And and then you you or your manager or the security team somebody realizes that it's time to be more uh, more professional and to have a solution. Uh, one option is to go to your Jenkins or GitHub Actions or just have like a centralized place to to run things. But that's not like GitOps or infrastructure as code oriented. So you go with uh, you go with Atlantis. And that provides you the value that you mentioned earlier about the early discovery within your pull request. Now, let's say I'm I'm a GitHub user, but maybe not a GitHub. I'm also GitLab or Bitbucket or others. And does Atlantis support all of source control management platform? Is it partially supported? What about GitHub.com and GitHub Enterprise or all of the different nuances within source control management. Dylan, what, what is the current status? If I want to become an Atlantis uh, user, what do I need in order to use that? So we have a broad, um, I would say, matrix of support for you know, version control systems. We support Bitbucket. We support you know, GitHub, Cloud and Enterprise. We support GitLab. Um, we support Azure DevOps. Um, the one thing you'll see is while we support those, there will be varying degree of features across those, depending on the different API sets. And one of the biggest struggles with those is that, you know, majority of us are experts with one version control system. You know, you don't, you don't have someone who uses all of them. So that's where a lot of our contributor focused, um, uh, I should say, you know, uh, contributions uh, come from is people who run those uh, version control systems encounter bugs that maybe have slipped because we don't have, you know, maintainers or, you know, regular contributors that use those systems. Uh, and so the support, I should say the support matrix is a, is a bit skewed just because of, you know, general uh, usage. You know, we tend to we tend to skew more towards GitHub, the more popular VCS solutions, whereas, you know, things like Azure, DevOps and Bitbucket, well supported, you know, don't have a such uh, a, a big feature set when it comes to, you know, um, things like auto merge or, um, you know, I think one of the new features we have now is being able to, you know, have emoji comments, the Atlantis server mm-hmm. comments, status updates with emojis, you know, things like That's, that, you know, sounds crucial. <laughs> very crucial so you know it's 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 definitely you 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 have you have a a, a big s- splay or skew in terms of support but we do try our best to have a baseline support model for uh the majority if not all version control systems out there got it and and can i imagine that you still not really partnering with Atlassian or GitLab or, or GitHub Microsoft. They don't try to influence the project from any kind. It's pure community and and driven from, from your users, right? Yes, 100%. That's... Now, that doesn't stop them from contributing to us if they wanted to. If they wanted to actually improve support on their own businesses and they want to create PRs, we're welcome to it. It would be amazing because, like Dylan says, it's really hard to keep up with like if we were a group of maintainers actually coding for Atlantis, keep up with the changes on the API on the yeah. universal control system is really really hard. So, so if they if if they if they are going to listen to your podcast, um, yeah, and they are you know, PRs are welcome. 
<laughs> we welcome every every contributor. Yes. Okay, that, that's great. Okay, so let's say I am using GitHub or I'm using Bitbucket and I want to use Atlantis. What do I need to do? Is there like a Docker container image that I need to run somewhere on an EC2 or virtual machine or maybe create a pod within a Kubernetes cluster that I have? What, what do I need to do in order to start using Atlantis and start having those automatic plans on pull requests and other capabilities that Atlantis offers? So yeah, we we uh, provide Docker images and we also provide Helm charts. Um, so you in on top of that, the docs pretty much clearly state installation instructions for those varying you know levels of infrastructure. Um, we it's completely self-hosted, you know, as a free open source project. Um, so we have, I would say, you know, there's also community modules out there, Terraform modules that kind of set up you know, uh, Atlantis and the Docker images in, you know, ECS Fargate or, you know, in Azure or in GCP. So even the things that are not officially provided by us, like the Helm charts and the Docker images, there are community modules out there created by contributors that help people stand up Atlantis infrastructure fairly quickly through, you know, uh, their hosting provider. And what if I don't want to maintain something. I like the security that everything is within my network and I don't need to expose any secrets and credentials with another vendor. But let's say I'm uh, kind of okay with that and it's not for production or I don't know, I have, I have preference of trusting a good vendor. But on the other hand, I don't want to maintain some you know, Docker process to run on my VM or uh, some uh, pod running on my uh, Kubernetes already busy cluster. Um, do you have currently or in your roadmap a plan to provide a service that runs Atlantis as a service for users to be able to just use it without the hassle? Maybe it's not a real hassle, but do you hear that um, requirement from users that would like to have managed free or cheap Atlantis version? Pepe, maybe you, you uh, yeah. can comment on that? No, that's, I don't think that that's <laughs> going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. Although it's funny, if you if you look at the history of Atlantis and you look, you look forward in time and you will see all these uh, companies like Scalar, TerraMate and so on, um, Spacelift, they all started by looking at what Atlantis did. And, and they evolve obviously as commercial products and SaaS uh, solutions for that. And obviously they have you know, enterprise uh, features. Um, but um, the way that the maintainers and, and kind of like the project is set up, it, it is an impossible task for us to, to do. Yeah, yeah. Just, we, we are basically uh, let's say four maintainers that are somewhat active, two very active, or three very active. Um, so imagine trying to actually build SaaS and support it and all that. And, th and, and there is no contributions to our work. It's, it's, it's fully volunteer work. Yeah, that's, that's great. Can, can you share maybe what is like the biggest last thing, uh, biggest last improvement 
that was implemented in Atlantis, the, the last most exciting improvement, besides the emojis. <laughs> <laughs> Will you say, Dylan, that is the, the um, real-time logs? We'll say that, that was one of the biggest? Yeah, the, the biggest uh, change was the ability to uh, actually see what Atlantis is doing when it runs Terraform and Terragrunt. Um, and it was uh, a feature that essentially captures the output from Atlantis and then streams it via WebSockets to the user interface for people to view. So when people get a status check or when, you know, they get, you know, just like you would with any other CI CD system, um, you, there's, a, there's now a link from that check, like a D, when you, you click on it and it takes you to the actual logs for that specific run. Um, that has been something that a lot of people have really enjoyed because there's definitely been times in the past where you don't get that feedback from Atlantis where, you know, it's running Terraform, but a lot of times, depending on the type of modules you're running, or if, especially if you're using things like Terragrunt, um, it can kind of take a while. And so if you don't have access to the server to really view the process and the logs on the server side on the back end, um, you can kind of be in the dark for a while. Is Atlantis working? Is it stalled? Is it stuck? So the, the, the streaming logs really help improve that user experience for, for users in terms of knowing what is Atlantis actually doing with my workflow. Yeah. And, and the other, the other kind of hidden feature that was released not here, it is in the docs, is the API. So there was an API release. So we, now we have a plan and apply API. Um, and we are, um, and some people uh, from, uh, have implemented actually drift detection against that API in form mm -hmm. of GitHub actions, hitting the API to create automatic DPRs and things like that. It's not, it's not a feature we offer, but but there is there is opportunities to use the, the API to actually do far more complicated workflow things within uh, Atlantis. So that's another cool feature I would like to mention. Yeah, yeah that, that leads to my next question. I wanted to talk about extensibility of uh, the Atlantis capabilities. So it's very helpful to see the plan on the pull request. By the way, sometimes the plan fails. So that's a good reason not to merge that pull request. Uh, but even if the plan doesn't fail and it looks reasonable what it's going to do, sometimes it's not that good to merge that pull request. And there are some solutions like static code analysis, such as Chekhov, TFSEC, TerraScan, or maybe even uh, policy as code, uh, such as OPA, Open Policy Agent. And going back to uh, 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 Go and Rego, okay, so may maybe not exactly exactly the same, uh, but uh, kind of the same. Um, if I want to use more validations in my pull request, uh, what should I do with Atlantis in order to, to basically add some more logic to it? So we do support, um, you mentioned OPA. We do support, we, have, we, we run uh, comp tests or Policy Comp uh, as uh, supported steps in the workflow. So Atlantis supports not only um, you know the typical plan apply uh, workflows, but the ability to set up custom workflows so that if you want to use those steps as part of your validation before you allow apply to run, you can. 
but it also allows uh, for people to essentially kind of get very flexible and customizable with, uh, you know, calling scripts or overriding those steps to do exactly what they want, uh, maybe with their own tooling. Um, I think that's very vital to make sure, you know, you're not really forcing people to utilize one specific tool. And part of what makes Atlantis so powerful is that people can utilize Atlantis to a degree that allows them to incorporate their own to their own tool chain into the workflow um, and customize that workflow that fits their needs um, at their company. Yep, makes makes sense because it's not just executing the plan; it's more about how this plan eventually it's going to affect your uh, your cloud resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, before before we uh, we leave, is there anything? important or interesting uh, about Atlantis that you think the audience should uh, should know about and we uh, and we haven't discussed it uh, today <laughs> I, I was I would say so I, I, I have some announcements to uh, to make because please first first of all like like uh, we were talking at the beginning about the you know how the challenges of being a maintainer, Definitely, mm-hmm. we are looking for more maintainers that are actually Go developers to help out. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's mm-hmm. definitely something that we are looking um, for uh, all the time. And people that are actually are committed to the cost of like helping Atlantis to become better and not people that will you know join and then leave very soon. So we, we need more long-term commitments. I have been already two years here. Uh, although I'm not a Go developer, I'm trying to do my best. Dylan has been for a while, so hopefully we will keep growing as a community, which will help the development of the of the project uh, big time. Um, especially the reason why I bring this up is because, for example, the drift detection uh, uh, feature has been stalled because of lack of developers. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the release of version 1.0 of Atlantis has been installed for that too. Uh, and for that, we need help. And so for sure, that's one of the biggest things that we need to be able to actually, you know, help all the community because there's so many people that r- runs different type of workflows and, and use cases that we cannot keep up with all the features. And then there is a stability, a stability problems that comes with that. So if we have more developers and uh, focus on maybe BCS supports and things like that, you know, it helps everyone. So for sure, that's one of the main things. Yeah, Pe- Pepe is right. The the you know over time, you know the the project has grown immensely. Uh, people have contributed code. Maintainers have come and gone. Um, but with that growth, you know things, you know you start to get regressions. You know, you know as you add more features on top, you know, you know the the foundations start to start to weaken a little bit uh, from everything piled on top. So um, that is why I essentially kind of started the office hours. And started to really try to approach it from a holistic viewpoint, not so much from a code problem, but from an organizational problem where, you know, is, I would basically, you know, shout out to everybody, you know, come join the office hours, come join our Slack. You know, um, if you, like Pepe said, if you can commit uh, and you're a Go developer, we would really love you, have you as a maintainer. Um, but my goal, uh, even though I have a Go experience, has been less on the code front, but more on the organizational front, trying to organize the community a bit better, trying to figure out where, what, what are the biggest problems Atlantis users are facing? Which, you know, what should we prioritize? You know, trying to focus on, you know, what, what regressions are there? What do we need to fix? 
and where does the project go from here? You know, what 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 does what problems does Atlantis best fit in this environment and market where you know you have Terraform Cloud and you have EMV Zero and you have all these um, essentially you know paid competitors. Um, you know, and so as an open source project, you know, where things are volunteer, you, you know, you can't, you, sometimes you can't keep up. So I think, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what is a core feature set that Atlantis provides and focusing on that would be vital for it, for the project's uh, future. Yeah. So big shout out to everybody to join the community, become a maintainer, especially if you're a Go, Go expert, uh, join the office hours. Uh, I took a look now at ranatlantis.io. That's the website of uh, of the project, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, so go visit ranatlantis.io. Learn more about Atlantis and contact this great team of uh, contributors and uh, maintainers. And together, we can all build a very helpful project to help infrastructure automation. Uh, Thank you so much, Pepe, and thank you so much, Dylan. Thank uh, you. Talking about talking, my pleasure. Talking about Atlantis and Terraform and Infrastructure as Code. And thank you, everybody, who listened to uh, the episode today. If you liked this episode, please follow us on Twitter, on LinkedIn, in Spotify, and all of the other uh, channels for you to consume this uh, podcast. Thank you very much. I was Ohad Meislich. See you in the next episode of the IAC podcast. Bye-bye. Bye.